Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IA Cast. All right. Uh, today with me, I have Taylor Arndt. Hello, everyone. And Jason Earls. Hello, everyone. <laughs> All right. So today we have a very uh, packed episode. We're going to keep it to an hour or less, which is good. But we have a lot of news and we have um, some big topics to talk about. So we're going to start with our news. And our news is actually all about iAccessibility related stuff. And that is we're going to be changing the format of this podcast quite a bit. It's going to, there'll still be a lot of tech related stuff, but after today, you may hear other accessibility related content on this show. So everything from uh, cooking to um, healthcare to, you know, anything, um, you know, safety. Uh, does that kind of sound familiar? Like hands-on safety, you know? Um, yeah. we're going to, we're going to have news and different discussions from our other podcasts in our news section. What, what are y'all's thoughts on this? Well, uh, sounds great. Uh, considering that, um, you know, we all talked about it yesterday and it's, it's a really great idea. So I'm glad that we're finally bringing it to the community. Yeah. I think it's a very exciting opportunity for more listeners to hear our other shows and who may not have heard them yet. And, uh, I think it'll be, uh, it'll, it'll be fun. Yep, and we're gonna have we're gonna do a lot better as far as um, making sure we have good content. We're going to uh, in our discussions, we're gonna ha- make them more discussions instead of asking like a panelist questions. So I think that will be a lot better. I'm just kind of interested in in what we're going to be able to provide on this show going forward because it's going to be much more of a show about uh, accessibility and not as much about the new and up, up and coming tech. We'll still talk about that, I'm sure. But uh, seeing as there's not always new and up and coming tech all the time, and if you want to learn about new and up and coming tech, the cutting edge and what's new in that, there's this other little show that we do on YouTube called Techopolis Live. The link to that channel is in our show notes now every week. So um, we'll actually be adding a lot more content to that feedback section for our other shows on the IACast network. So it's really, really exciting. Yep. So, and and we'll finally, hopefully, be able to recognize the dream of a podcast episode of the IACast where we have other people as hosts other than just me. That would be awesome. <laughs> um, so, the, the neat thing about this, though, is you're going to have a lot more content. It's not just going to be, here's the latest, you know, here's how to use different to-do, to-do list apps. It's not going to be how to use different things like that. It's going to be more of a dynamic these are the things that are involved with accessibility all over. So, you know, we, we may even have different uh, guests and, thing, and people like that and other content coming out on the show. But, you know, today is kind of our last day and we're, we're here to talk about everything related to Windows 365. And I, I'm really excited about this. Uh, and Jason, you were on our stream earlier today. Uh, on the Techopolis channel and Taylor's Tech Talks. Um, and the Facebook channel and my yeah, LinkedIn. We were and all like over the place. a bunch of other places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I was on the stream earlier. I don't think I caught the whole thing, but I caught, you know, a, a large chunk a lot of it, of I would it. say. Um, I have to say it's kind of interesting. Like, I get there's just something about the format change. Like, this is nowhere near our last episode. But I'm just like, 
I'm so sad. Let's talk about windows. No, I'm kidding. But uh, so yeah, I mean, it it is it is interesting, and you know, this kind of goes into the new format because this is talking about you know making you know the accessibility of Windows 365, and in some cases the lack thereof. Unfortunately, uh-huh. we we got Windows 365 the day it came out, and yep. in ways I love it. And I'm sure Taylor, you you love it as well. So, as as a uh, you know, you have an announcement about new hardware that you got that you talked about on the stream. But uh, also talk about your experiences with it and explain why you have to use Windows 365. Well, y'all, basically, I need to rely on Windows 365 now. So here's the deal. Basically, um, my job is doing a lot of accessibility testing. That's great. Uh, before I did this whole Mac thing, I had a Lenovo that was my primary device. Unfortunately, that Lenovo has reached the end of its usable life. And as a result, I have one machine, which is a Mac. A Mac is great, but unfortunately, I still have to have Windows for my Windows-related stuff. And while virtual machines and all that kind of fun stuff are fine... For one thing, my Mac is my old Mac wasn't as powerful as it needed to be in order to run my professional workload. The other thing in that manner was that VMware Fusion was kind of a pain, which is the other uh, virtual uh, virtualization software. And then the, we have Parallels, which is another one of those, which is uh, actually completely inaccessible. And so Windows 365, when that came out, after we tried a whole bunch of other myriad options from Windows Server and a whole bunch of other things, uh, Windows 365 was great, although there are still some issues that we have to work out. But it, as a result, I only have one computer, so Windows 365 is all I have. So that's kind of the story about that. And so you've been using it, and what are some things that you're doing with it as far as, and you said accessibility testing, but what software programs have you used with it? Well, currently I have NVDA on it. I'm going to install JAWS, although I'm not really holding off, but I kind of am just because, you know, JAWS can kind of be a hog and I don't know how it's going to work. I also have some other things on there because like some websites and stuff just work better with Windows, right? But some work better with Mac. And so that's why I almost believe that you should have both operating systems available to you if possible. So then you can kind of maximize the accessibility of the web. Uh, however, you know, with that being said, uh, I have a lot of, like I said, my software on there. For one thing, Descript, which is our little uh, transcription editing tool uh, for uh, podcasts and other content for Taylor's Tech Talks, because that's only accessible on the Windows side. Um, and I just have other software like that, that uh, may be only Windows specific or may work better with Windows uh, as well. Yeah, so we found some interesting things with this, and you know, using it on the browser is completely useless for as far as accessibility. Um, um, well, not yeah. completely. No, well. it's not. No, actually, Michael, it's not. Because remember that day, Wednesday, I actually, believe it or not, I had to do a training um, mm-hmm. using Windows 365 with Google Chrome. So one of my clients, I had to do a training, basically, you know, teaching them some stuff. But WordPress and Windows 365 on my remote desktop kept crashing. And I'm like, oh, great. It's 10 minutes before the training. This is not going to end well for me. So 
I ended up throwing up Windows 365 in my browser. And it's not that great of an experience, but I was able to at least do my training with some exceptions. One thing I couldn't pass that uh, F11 key for NVDA remote, which is kind of a problem. But, you know, other than some of those limitations, at that time I did have an NVDA key because uh, I had Carabiner, which did work. But, um, yeah, which Carabiner is like a key mapper program for Mac. And um, one of the other problems is is that uh, if no you, Windows you, key though. right, you don't have a Windows key, you have to use Control Escape. But also, um, if you use Safari, there is no sound at all. Oh yeah, so don't even try. Uh, and that also includes on iOS, folks. So, um, you know, I think Microsoft needs to iron out a few more features. Jason, what are your thoughts hearing all this so far? And I mean, you know this already, but. You know, you, you've heard all this before, but what are your thoughts so far? I think it's very promising. Windows 365, I do think it's sad that, you know, things aren't as ironed out as they should be. Things like not having sound when you use Windows 365 in the browser. Um, things like the inability of to be, to be able to pass specific keys through to the operating system. But I feel like these are things that can be fixed in the future. And hopefully they are fixed before Windows 365 rolls out for consumer use. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I, I, I do think it's sad, but at the same time, it's something that seems like it should be fixable, and hopefully it will be, and then it will be a much nicer uh, experience for people. Right. And, the, the you know, the one thing I'll give Microsoft is they are not charging people right now. This is a trial. Correct. For two months. Right. Which is a long trial. Let's, let's be real. That is a long trial period. So I'm giving them a lot of props for that. That's really nice. But they might want to have some more capacity, though. Right. They had to stop That's allowing people to sign up for it. Funny thing is, it still shows that I can add more uh, virtual PCs to my... Uh, I mean, unless they've started up again, but uh, it still shows mm -hmm. I can add virtual PCs. But I wonder if it's for new accounts, remember? Because you already have a license, so I'm wondering right. if it's for like, new... Uh, Account in general, or I rather, know. I should say, new organizations. Right, I'm not sure. Right, that's because you know that would be bad if, let's say, you go to, the, uh, to you know your Zoom meeting when you know with their company and they're like, oh, we need to add a new virtual PC. Uh oh, uh, Microsoft won't allow us to do that. Whereas they wouldn't allow new organizations to sign up, but they, you know, they'd probably get a lot more you know criticism if they would not allow existing companies to add new PCs because, like, you know, employees and stuff, like, change all the time, so they have to be able to provision new stuff for them. Right. And, you know, going forward, this is going to be the only way you're going to be able to really use Windows on the Mac. Right. Or, or on iPad or on Chromebooks. You know, uh, we're not even able to test how they work on Chromebooks, but how it works on iPad right now is not good. No, and you know, <laughs> not at all. Unfortunately, it's not like you could just go. Well, you know, uh, I mean, unless somebody knows a, a workaround to this, but it's not like you could go. Well, you know, the re Microsoft Remote Desktop program is terrible. I'm going to use Jump Desktop or Parallels Client or any of the others. Nope. Nope. Not you, allowed. You need to be able to use a a workspace, as they call it. Yep. And connect to a workspace, which is kind of, it's. I feel like it's kind of like a remote RSS feed for computers. Yeah, you can think about it that way. I mean, you know, it could kind of be like that. Or in that sense, like I said, it's just kind of, it's almost like your own computer URL, right? 
Well, I so, think they, well, it's not just a computer's URL. It's your whole organ or all of your allowed computers right. because I think I, they even said enter the feed URL. I think I actually oh, saw that somewhere. Did you? Okay. I, I wasn't paying that close attention. My first goal was I want to get this thing set up because I needed it ASAP. Mm hmm. So, well, the, you know, the my biggest suggestion is while you may need something ASAP, read all, uh, you know, as much as you can. I was reading through this stuff just because I wanted to know, you know, why this works the way it does. And there's mm -hmm. still a lot of documentation I haven't read yet, but uh, I went through even before, because one of the neat things is while you're provisioning your computer, uh, which you have to do by going to it in the browser first, but while you're provisioning your computer, you can go through and read a lot of information on there and change some settings and things like that as you're setting up. Which I did, but yeah. So Jason, is it... Uh, I mean, if you had unlimited funding, would you, is this something you would use or would you just want to get a computer? I think for the things that I use Windows for, the, 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 for the things that I would want to use Windows for, let's be honest, um, I would probably just want to get my own computer because I don't know that I would need to access it enough to warrant paying a subscription fee. And I don't know that I would need to access it, you know, frequently enough to warrant paying that subscription fee. I feel like there would be, you know, maybe weeks or months for me not needing to use it. And I would feel like I would just be throwing money away. Whereas at least a computer is more of a one-time purchase than a, than a subscription would be. Not to mention, you know, if I needed to use something like Audacity, for instance, in Windows, the latency over the connection would... I mean, it's probably fine for things like speech and, 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 and for things like Descript and whatever, but if you're trying to actually edit audio in a, in a workstation or a program, you're going to have passed where you are in the track by the time you hear it. So for that, I would want, you know, a definitely a dedicated machine. Right. And, you know, the, the one thing about it is, is that, uh, and I'm going to play devil's advocate, um, you know, it's interesting when you look at $31 a month. For the low end, you times that by 12, you're looking at nearly $400 a year. Now, the interesting thing about that is, is that if you really think about a, um, now at that rate, at the $31, you're getting a bottom of the barrel version of this. So, you know, I'm paying for the $45, which is the eight gigs of RAM and two yeah. CPU cores, which is not great either, but um, it does the job. It runs Visual Studio like a dream. It does everything you would imagine. But if you think about, you know, licensing Windows, licensing everything you need, and paying for a pretty good computer yearly, uh, you know, paying for it each year, um, it's about the same. If you're if you really think about it like that, you're you're just investing in a new computer each year, but by the month. That's true, but if you get a decent enough computer, that computer can last you for several years anyway. Right. Um, and you, depending on the machine you have, you might be able to upgrade some of its parts down the road. Now, I'm not here to say that Windows 365 is a bad service just because it's not a fit for me, because I do definitely see its advantages. I actually like the idea of, you know, somebody who's, say, using a Chromebook um, needing to access some Windows applications and being able to do that with 365. Also, I could have sworn I saw that their starting price was like twenty something dollars. Is it thirty? Starting price is twenty, but it's using what's called the Windows Hybrid benefit, where you basically have your own copy of Windows 
that you also use your key for to um, lower the price. Now, is that like a digital license key or does yeah. it have to be like a, oh, okay, interesting. That's how they're doing that. But, um, you know, the, the other thing is that we found that, uh, you know, it, it's, it works really, you know, efficiently, but at times I have seen it sometimes stutter and, you know. Now, the interesting thing is the upload and download speeds are very interesting. Oh, yeah. We ran a speed test and the download rate was 575 megabits. The upload speed, though, was over a gigabit. Now, that's usually the opposite, right? I mean, it was so weird. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, I was there when you ran that speed test, and it was like 3-point-something gigabits up, which is, like you said, very strange, because you're right. Normally, your download speeds are going to be the faster speeds um, from your ISPs and, and, and stuff. That's definitely the case here with... T-Mobile's internet service, and it was, you know, the case with Comcast when I had, essentially, Spectrum. It was the case there, too, so. Right. So, it's really interesting, but, you know, narrator works. It will read out loud. It can do all the things, but the, you just can't get to a narrator key. And if you're doing this on iPad, forget it. Yeah. Forget it right now. Pressing tab goes between the different elements of the window, and the arrow keys move you out of the window entirely. So, no keyboard access on the Magic Keyboard, at least. Unless there's something I don't know. But, looking at Visual Studio, it reads everything. And one, But one of the neatest things, though, that does work is touch gestures. So, if I'm on the iPad, and, and you know, this might be how Microsoft intends you to do it. If you have NVDA or Narrator running, you can use ju uh, touch gestures to do all the things that you would do on a touchscreen computer. And that's really neat, guys. That is really cool. Yeah, that really is. I mean, obviously, you just have to learn those, right? But once you get the hang of them, mm -hmm. you know, I think that could be really cool. Yeah, I would agree because I've, you know, my iPad has made, well, I, I, you know, I don't have my iPad anymore. But it really showed me the advantages of having a touchscreen um bigger screen to navigate on and, and really learn the interface. And I've talked about this before on uh, previous shows, but, you know, being able to do that in Windows would be interesting. My current PC is not touch-enabled by any means. Um, and I assume then what you would have to do is, in the case of the iPad, I assume you would have to, like, disable voiceover in order to have the touch gestures pass through to Windows? Um, Probably. Yeah, probably. Sure. That wouldn't work otherwise, probably. Yeah. And it wouldn't be that hard to do. It's just, you know, an extra step people. Although it did overwrite Mac, I mean, uh, iPadOS Zoom gesture, which I thought was interesting. Interesting. Uh, th that's funny. I mean, because on the Mac, though, I do have to disable voiceover. Right. For remote desktop. Because we found a bug when you started up for the first time that we demonstrated today. Yes. Um, it's a very bad bug, and it's something that needs to be fixed. When you open remote desktop for the first time and connect, um, if you, uh, it will not, uh, it may even crash remote desktop. Oh, it will crash remote desktop. May is out of the question. It mm -hmm. will crash remote desktop. With voiceover on. So. Yep. And we've been able to re uh, replicate on multiple machines. Yep. So um, it, there is some issues with this. Microsoft really needs to do some work on remote desktop for Mac. Otherwise, though, I think this is going to be a very solid service. There was another point I wanted to bring up. The neat thing is we did have um, 
you know, we were listening to chat messages on from an iPad using remote desktop and uh, the Restream chat program. That was really neat. It was. I will tell you that Zoom, if you're in a Zoom meeting, will make the audio in on the remote desktop go way down. So keep that in mind. Uh, so those are some things to keep in mind with that. And also, we had a hard time getting sharp keys. We have not gotten that to work to remap keys. That and auto hotkey. So um, if anybody has any any luck with that, let us know because we would love to to play with that and to yeah. let people know. But I'm almost thinking that Carabiner, if we can ever get that thing to work, that's probably going to be our best option because I was able to get an NVDA key in Windows 365 on my Intel Mac. Right. It's just not um, bringing every like uh, whenever. So have you seen this happen, Jason, when you go in uh, like a program would not bring up the permissions like it needs uh, input access, I believe. Input and monitoring. Input, input monitoring. And it won't put all the applications it needs in that list. So that's fun. Yeah, I think I've seen that actually once with uh, maybe a little more than once, but I think it's happened to me with TeamTalk. And I had to go in and manually uh, enable. Actually, I think I had to uninstall it and reinstall it in order to give it to give me the microphone access prompt because it wasn't showing up in the app category inside system preferences. So I could enable it. Right. But honestly, I think y'all Carabiner was probably going to be your best bet because I was able to get it to work before I switched to this new Mac. But it's just trying to get. And they do su- say they support M1 Macs. They so. do. So that might be our best bet. Um, we just now need to get it working for iPad, and I think it will be a very good platform. But can't you run, well, it's not an actual Mac app, is it, Michael? I was going to say, can't you run Mac apps on the iPad, but... No. No. Unfortunately not. Hmm. Yeah, that the closest she could come to that would be Sidecar, and that's only to use the iPad mm-hmm. as a uh, secondary display, I believe. And as a touchscreen, yeah. And as a, as a touchscreen, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but... So one thing that is really neat that I've seen is really the sound quality. Like you can you can play some stuff that sounds really good on there, and um, you know you can install different apps. You can you know it can use your microphone and all the and camera and remote desktop. So you get a lot of the features. Is and there's not a lot of lag. There's some, especially if you use it in the browser. There's a lot. But. Oh yeah, lots of lag. So uh, it just you know depends on how you use it. Will will determine your mileage. Yep. So, Jason, if if you could if you could use it, what would you use it for? I would probably use it for. I would definitely want to try out Descript. I would. I would also use it for situations where I would need Windows access specifically to do what I'm doing because it wouldn't work uh, in situations where it doesn't work well with macOS. Um, you know, so for instance, if I were to go to a website that uh, VoiceOver refused to read, said it was a empty, almost an HTML content, they call it a web area now, I would then use the Windows PC for that. Beyond that, I'm not really all that sure what I would use it for, to be honest. Okay. And um, Taylor, what would, if you, so I know what you use it for currently. Is there anything else you would use it for that you're not currently using it for? I don't know. You know, I'm using it basically as my main Windows computer. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, because it is my only Windows system at the moment. So, yeah. 
And you've used it for, you know, YouTube chat and other things. So we, I have, you've yes. gotten a lot out of it already. So I have. And it's like I said, without it, basically my operations for my company would come to a standstill. <laughs> right. So we have that as well. You know, um, I, I'm going to probably keep it just for Visual Studio alone um, because it wor- it makes Visual Studio a breeze to work with on, on touchpads. So to me, that's almost worth it all together because sometimes Visual Studio does not work well on an, on a trackpad. So Yeah, and obviously I'm going to have to keep it because, well, I rely on it. So we do have that. Although yep. it would be nice if Microsoft fixes some things because it's, it's usable, but it would be nice if they would fix a couple things. Right. So all in all, I think it's a great a great platform. And you know, you could use Chrome on it. You can have your Chrome profiles. You can yep. use Office. You do need Office three sixty five. Uh, business Premium. Business Premium, yes, to use the Office app. So keep that in mind. That's a twenty dollar charge per month. So you're looking at sixty five dollars just to have Windows three sixty five if you want a good machine with Office. So it's not cheap. No. It's not but cheap like I at said, all. not cheap at all. But I wonder how that's going to work when they bring it to personal use. Because I don't think a lot of uh, consumers are going to go buy business premium, are they? I doubt it. And I, I bet it's going to start at fifteen dollars a month. I bet you. I bet you that will be the cost. Right, but I'm sure they will not have like you know good specs or whatever. It'll be for personal use, right? It'll probably have like Windows Home on it or something. Possibly. Well, we'll have to see. I mean, that would only make sense as it's for mm-hmm. home use. We would have to see. So, do you guys uh, have... We're going to make it a shorter show today. Do you guys have any final comments about all of this? I mean, do you... I dare to ask. Do you think Apple would do anything like this? No. I do not see Apple doing this because that would lessen people's need to buy apple hardware and of course you know apple being as integrated as they are they would probably argue against it as well for the same reason they've argued against some other things um not being able to control the full experience um since the operating system would be running on non-apple controlled hardware but i guess if you look at it actually really if you look at it this is what mac stadium is doing yeah and you know, you could get a Mac Stadium computer at $60 a month. That's true, but Mac Stadium is still running Mac OS on a Mac. Right. Well, Windows is running Windows. Well, right, right. Yeah, it's running yeah Windows I guess that's Windows. true, but it's... Well, you get a dedicated machine, unlike this, where you're getting a shared experience. Yeah, I guess that's true. So maybe if they did it, they would do dedicated machines and stuff. But at this point, I would be kind of surprised if they did it. Mm-hmm. But it would be very interesting to see if they chose to do it, how they implemented uh, their answer to Windows 365. Also, I wonder what they would call it. You know, gosh, guys, I, you know, part of me wants to do a comparison. You know, I have not run a speed test on the Mac, uh, but I think it's limited to one one gigabit up and down instead of the three that we saw on going up. But, yeah, but also, I'm kind of wondering, well, hmm, I guess it would cost about the same. I was like, you know, I wonder how well running a Minecraft server on Windows 365 would go. 
Right, and I was just thinking too, if Microsoft decided, to, uh, well, we we already know they're going to uh, open this up to consumers. I'm assuming that the consumer version is not necessarily going to see the same bandwidth that the professional version of this. Would I don't see. know. Why not? But maybe. Why not? I mean, just giving I mean, higher priority access to their professional customers, right? I could see yeah. that being a thing. But, you know, if you look at it, they're not running Windows Server. You're not getting a Windows Server contained experience. You're getting a Windows 10 experience with mm-hmm. this. So, um, you know, that's kind of a difference there, too. It's Even though this is for business owners, it's, it's, it's more for small business and enterprise, but I don't know. I, I think it'd be very, very interesting to see what we get. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like I said before, I also, I really like the idea that somebody with something like a Chromebook could pay for this and get access to all the Windows stuff that they needed without having to worry about emulation and, and uh, all that other stuff. So Also, if you're worried that, okay, I need, I need a business account, I bought all my apps on my personal account. I can't get all my my Windows apps that are paid for, my movies and my TV, don't worry. Even though you're logged in with your business account, there is a spot for your personal account. So you can log into the Windows Store with both your business and personal account on Windows 365. So you are covered there. So it's it's a great experience. Um, you know, you can run everything that you run on your home computer on there. And I guess it's running x86. It's not an ARM, so... Cool stuff. So that's going to do it for our talk today. We'll be back with you know our usual our new stuff in two weeks. But uh, to end us off today, Jason, what is your pick of the week, and where can people find you online? So my pick for the week is a book series that Michael picked, and it's all his fault. Expeditionary Force by Craig Allenson. That is so amazing. I'm almost at the end sadly i still need to read book 10 but uh i think it's yeah book 10 is the one i need to start now um but it's just it's really really good i mean okay you could argue that it's a little bit you know cheesy in some aspects if you will but i don't care i like the goofiness of it and it's a, it's um, a stress relieving book series it really is a stress relieving book series but uh it's basically <sighs> Earth is attacked by some aliens, and they have some allies, and you find out that things aren't quite as they seem. Michael, I, <laughs> I guess that's a vague enough description. Yep. <laughs> um, but it's Red R.C. Bray, who is amazing. He was a reader of The Martian. So, yeah. Originally, yeah. Originally, yeah, that's right. I forgot Will Wheaton read it. There's a version of it now. Um but yeah, so if you can get a hold of it, I think it might be available on both Audible and Google Books, but I'm not sure about Google Books. And uh, Apple, I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, yeah, that too. But uh, definitely and great, 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 great series. This is one of those situations where I do not recommend the Bard versions. No, I don't recommend the Bard version. And not only that, but Bard doesn't have the entire series. I think they only have like the first... Four, they might actually have books five and six, but I don't believe they have the entire series either. Oh, that's a fail. Yeah, that 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 makes me sad. But anyway, um, P. 
people can find me producing content for iAccessibility, you can email me at jason at iAccessibility.net, and you can also find me on Twitter at JDE91, that is Juliet Delta Echo 91. And I know it's very rare, but if you do happen to see me on Clubhouse, feel free to say hi. All right. And Taylor, what's your pick for the week, and where can people find you online? Well, remember how I was hinting at this new hardware that I have? Well, I think it's time for me to explain. Thursday, uh, or more more accurately, Wednesday night, my Intel Mac decided, well, you know what? I'm done. I'm not going to do anymore. My life is over. Time for Taylor to buy a new Mac. So, um, because we had a whole bunch of issues. For one thing, the display had a bunch of issues. It had, like, a disconnected cable and a whole bunch of other things. So, would you say Taylor had an iLife crisis? I guess so. <laughs> you um, know, you know what? I don't think Taylor uh, used Max when they had. Oh, that's yeah. No, but I've heard of it. I've heard of it. You have heard of it. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so you get my terrible joke. Yeah, I do. I've heard of it. So either way, uh, we had a problem because keep in mind that uh, in order to generate income, I have to have a good system, right? I work online and I do everything online. So uh, not having a functional computer was not an option, and I needed one rather quickly, as I had a lot of things to be done. So, uh, not knowing that Apple wouldn't have it in stock till August 20th, or later, and not knowing, well, obviously knowing this, but my Apple store is uh, about 40, 50 miles away, and I was not going to go take a Greyhound bus to go get it. Instead, Michael had the great idea to check Best Buy. Luckily, the store that I needed... Uh, which was close to me, had it, uh, the configuration I wanted, and I could pick it up within one hour. But because um, the Apple's or the Best Buy was only doing curbside pickup, I literally went into a lift, got the Mac, which is a um, 512 SSD M1 MacBook Pro uh, with 8 gigs of RAM, and uh, it is really awesome. And yeah, and I was able to uh, do that. Literally, they just gave me the uh, computer, I had to show a code, and then I literally went on my way in the lift. So, um, yeah, I came back with a computer the same day. And, yeah, um, that kind of describes me getting my HomePod. <laughs> yeah, it works really well. I'm super happy. So um, my, my pick for this week is the M1 uh, MacBook Pro. I uh, absolutely love it. And you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can also find me on a whole bunch of other places. Uh, Taylor's Tech Talks has an official Facebook and Twitter now. So, uh, Taylor's Tech Talks, if you're not aware, is my show. Uh, I do a lot of WordPress tutorials, accessibility reviews, and whatever else we want to do. You know, who, a Techopolis Live episode was streamed there today, uh, yesterday, or actually today. And, uh, you know, lots of different things. So, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, Tay's Tech Talks, uh, so T-A-Y-S, uh, tech Talks uh, on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you can search for uh, Taylor's Tech Talks. And um, yeah, you can find me there. You can also find my personal Twitter at Taylor underscore aren't 22. And you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. And you can email me at Taylor at iAccessibility.net. Uh, and yeah, those are some places. I'm, of course, I'm on Clubhouse, but again, very rarely just because I am Kind of, you know, busy. So, yeah, you can find me on those places and just all over the web. If you can't remember that, you can probably search for me and you can find me. 
So, yep, that is kind of um, pick and uh, content or information. Yep. And, of course, we'll be linking to Taylor's Tech Talks in the show notes as well yep. as Techopolis. And I'm sure if you look on the iAccessibility channel, it will probably show up Taylor's Tech Talks in one of the suggested videos. Yep. All right. So my pick for this week is also involving the M1 chip, but not a Mac. It's the new iPad, the iPad Pro 12.9 inch. And uh, I want to take a minute and talk about this. If you are a blind user of iOS, the iPad Pro uh, 2021 is the device for you. Um, it has a new button in the camera app to zoom in and out with, uh, they call it the selfie cam. And it makes it to where it's easier to get yourself in frame. It will tell you how to get yourself in frame. And it looks, it makes great, amazing pictures. Really cool stuff. And on, uh, iOS in, uh, Zoom and FaceTime, it has a feature called Center Stage. And I'm wondering what other apps will support this. I'm hoping different ones. But basically, you can be on uh, a broadcast uh, to YouTube with Zoom or on a FaceTime call or in a Zoom, Zoom meeting or anything else and have center stage on. And it was neat because I would go and look at my microphone and the camera would pan to the, uh, to the left and bring the microphone in view while I was talking on it. Then I'd go look away, still point at the camera so it looks like I'm looking at people, but as I would be moving to my right, the camera would move with me and the microphone would go off screen. So weird. So strange. You know, because nothing in the actual iPad is moving. There's no motor. The, the iPad's just stationary. But the fact that it can do that is mind-boggling. Like, how, how does it do that? I mean, they've, they've really put some amazing technology in the, in the iPad's camera. So, uh, and that's also in the iMac as well, which means you have that in Mac OS, which means uh, you have a lot more options to, to use those kind of things. So, uh, there's that, the, the new screen, 5G on an iPad, which also does, believe it or not, improve your Wi-Fi stuff downloaded much faster from me yesterday. I had all my apps downloaded on my iPad uh, in less than an hour, which was insane. The sound is just as good as the other device as the other iPads. The the screen is much better. Um, I have already managed to kill the battery in it once. Um, That's nice. And I found a bug with the iOS 15 beta where if you plug it into the keyboard, uh, the magic keyboard, and try to charge it, it 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 does not. The screen came on, but it didn't light up. So I don't know what happened there. That was strange. So, um, yeah, it's, it's very incredible, folks. Really amazing iPad. So, if you're looking for a new iPad, this is the one to go with right now. As for where people can find me, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility and Techopolis online. Um, you can email me at Mike Doeys. That's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E at iAccessibility.net. You can follow me on Twitter as Mike Doeys and on Facebook, Michael Doeys. I'm occasionally on Clubhouse and, um, all over the place, so make sure to say hi. And, you know, uh, subscribe to this channel and also subscribe to Techopolis Online so uh, that you can, you know, be alerted when we have these shows and the Techopolis shows. And I hope that, uh, you know, we have uh, 
you know, people come out and talk with us. We're going to have new forums at iAccessibility. It's going to be all new and everything. It's going to be shiny and a new community website. So we hope that people really enjoy it. So uh, make sure to be checking back with us. We're going to have all kinds of updates. And we also have something really cool that the app does now. Anytime there's a new post on the iAccessibility's website, you will get it as a push notification in our app, which is some really neat integration. So I love it. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, Taylor's got to run here pretty soon. Yep, so I we, sure do. We will go ahead and get uh, taken care of, and we will see you next time for another IA Cast episode. So thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye, Bye guys. everyone. This show has been brought to you by the IA Cast Network. We love hearing from you. Email us at feedback at iaccessibility.net. Got Twitter? Follow us at iaccessibility1. Facebook, search for iAccessibility. Download our free apps for iOS and Android and keep up with all of our content at iAccessibility.net. If you'd like to donate to our show, hit the PayPal button on our website and get early access to our outtakes with a donation at patreon.com slash iacast. Thanks for listening.